everybody and welcome to Talk Chain. Today we're going to talk about the U.S. Banking something banking committee from the Senate interviewing the guys from the SEC and the CFTC. Rob, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Market's doing great, so that means uh, I'm doing all right. It's good to hear. So having an overall positive day in the markets. Did I say Talk Chain? Welcome to Talk Chain. <laughs> welcome, guys. Okay, so everything's doing pretty good in the markets. I see a bunch of green everywhere. Total market cap around $360 billion. Definitely a big uh, step up from the 300 that we were looking at yesterday, but I don't know if it's based on any particular news. It seems like the only big thing. Well, there are a few little things, but the big thing is really this Senate hearing committee uh, that I, I watched a decent amount of it. Rob, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was good. I think I thought it was... Uh positive overall you can tell that the the people speaking about it um Giancarlo and I forget Clayton you could tell that they both understood the technology and they knew where it was coming from they knew some of the sweet terms that that we use in this in this game so it's I think it's all very positive yeah so what do you think uh Clayton is the chairman of the SEC and Giancarlo is the chairman of the CFTC, and they they wrote an article I think in the God, the failing New York Times or the Washington Post something where they <laughs> sort of like outlined what they thought about crypto and how they you know I don't know I feel like they they have to give a ton of platitudes when they talk about this so that part really kind of bothered me about the thing but uh, I was paying particular attention to their opening statements and uh, Clayton in particular said something that I that I think people should take away and that he he sees that every single ICO that's happened so far is under the purview of the SEC. So he thinks that ICOs aren't really ICOs, that they're really IPOs that are under the veil of ICO. And I think a little bit that's a misnomer. And I think it's just due to the fact that all ICOs shouldn't be treated equally and that some of the ICOs are actually IPOs for the company behind them. But tokens that are actually have a have a purpose for the token themselves i think could be in a different category and i think one of those things like that's gonna have to play out the more we get into this market as it develops more but he sees that every single ico is under the purview of the sec so i think that's gonna negatively impact the number of icos that we see going forward because he's gonna expect that the regulatory um the amount of regulation that currently isn't happening in the ICOs that that's going to be brought to the level of IPOs that that currently exist now. Well, I think uh he he believes that because uh of his definition of what a security is and it's really just if anybody is in getting involved for the whatever the thing is that they purchase to go up in value for them to later trade for more money than they spent. So from that definition, I can kind of see where he's coming from. But yeah, you're right. It's it's tough to know because there is such a wide variety, even like just between what like a cryptocurrency is uh, and what like a crypto token is and all different types of, of crypto assets. They're all used for different things. So it, it's tough to say that everything would be considered an IPO, but... Unfortunately, he's the guy kind of controlling everything. So whatever he says kind of goes. Yeah. So I think 
that's why I think it's it's sort of it's going to negatively impact the the number of ICOs that go on in this country in the United States. Because um, yeah, so he's the one running the show, and he he came up with that definition of a security, which I think is it's it's hard to come up with a strict definition, but he decided to make it that broad so that it would fit anything in the cr cryptocurrency world. So I don't know if you were to ask him two years ago to define security if he would have said the exact same thing, but given that he was there for crypto, that he decided on picking something that could basically be traded. And it's it's not fair for him to have said that because there's a ton of things that aren't under the purview of the SEC that are traded for value. So I don't know. I think that was kind of a... Uh, it was convenient for Clayton to get into, but anyway, so the the other thing that I thought was an interesting takeaway from uh, Giancarlo is that he spoke about how his mandate does not allow the CFTC to regulate platforms that exist for crypto trading, um, but they do regulate the derivatives markets. And he mentioned five different ones, and I, I'm not really sure what the five were. I assume the CME and the CBOE futures markets, maybe the Gemini market is, a, is another one, but I'm not sure of the other two or three. So um, that's where the CFTC might come in. So I, I think um, really those are the only two things that the these two organizations see that they have a role in playing right now, unless they come back with people later to actually call for legislation in this area. Well, that's what they talked about. That there are um, there are gaps with wh with who controls what and where everyone's jurisdiction lies. So it, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I can I think it's probably going to end up. There's going to be some sort of like crypto asset committee at some point if if the sector grows to the extent that they could think that the, that it might. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds. Yeah, and Giancarlo also mentioned a couple things that I thought were interesting. So just so everybody is aware of the risk that's out there, the, the CFTC, I wrote them down because this is all stuff that they don't have to do right now because they're, they're not under the mandate of the CFTC. Capital requirements, platform safeguards, market surveillance, cyber protection, all of this stuff has to happen in the derivatives markets, but doesn't ha they're not regulated in the uh, crypto platform exchanges. So we're kind of getting away with a lot right now. Uh, at least the platforms are. They don't have to put in infrastructure that, that accounts for all of this yet. So I think it's, it's kind of it's something to be wary. At least the exchanges or the platforms need to watch out for in the future, because if they do get regulated in this way, it's going to add a lot of... Uh, hurdles to their business model because they're going to have to come up to the standard that the CFTC wants. So oh, that was pretty cool. Well, it's tough because people say that they want this unregulated market, but this is the sort of stuff that like will occur if it does get regulated. So people that want that sort of security, they're, you can tell that they're kind of in the wrong space, even though there are a significant amount of risk to being involved. Like that's you're, you're taking some risk with the profit that you intend to incur with by getting into the crypto space. Yeah, and I don't know if, if everybody is aware of that necessarily, but the, I don't know, some might argue that the regulations that exist right now are overkill, and obviously they're overkill to an extent because we're not seeing as much fraud, like we're not seeing a crazy amount of fraud in the crypto space as compared to other 
uh, equities and stuff. I don't think like we see fraud all the time. The they even one of the guys, the Senate guys, mentioned that uh, HSBC and Deutsche Bank were fined for um, market manipulation. So it seems like this stuff goes on, whether or not there's regulation in place or not. Well, I think his point was to say that it was never really enforced. Like they they were going to do something about it, but decided that because it was like kind of a one-off, they weren't really, they never really followed through. So that was kind of disappointing. But yeah. I, I think, yeah, kind of the, the overarching theme of the the hearing is, was about uh, consumer protection for people who do not put any effort into learning about the space and don't put any effort into uh, learning that there is no regulation that the market that it's it's nothing like finance is nothing like the New York Stock Exchange, and and it's ridiculous that they would even assume so just based on how how easy it is just to make an account. Yeah, I but, think that I think that's uh, why everybody sort of looked at it that way. Like you just see you see things trading on an exchange and you think it's the same as the New York Stock Exchange, but it was sort of illuminating to see that. It's uh, it's very much not the same thing, and it's very, very it's much higher risk in in this crypto world, which we're you know everybody's seen in in the swings of things, but not necessarily outright in terms of the amount of due di due diligence that exchanges need to do, nor do these companies need to do when they're bringing in a token to trade. Yeah, definitely. Well, and one of the one of the things that I thought was also interesting was when Clayton said that if people are marketing uh, the the crypto assets, so they they kind of use an example of Floyd Mayweather, and I for, I forget what whatever he marketed, but saying that people who were uh, marketing these these tokens were just as liable under securities law as as they would be if they were to promote some some sort of stock. So it's interesting to see the implications for someone like Crypto Nick, who obviously promoted BitConnect very hard and to end up being a Ponzi scheme and, everyone, and it all kind of collapsed at the end. So I thought that was an important one for people to take in that they're, that if people decide that they want to advertise certain things, there are some repercussions that they could be held liable for. So, and they could be named and they, Cryptonic is named specifically in this class action lawsuit. So it's good to know that they that the SEC is willing to to back the the investors somewhat. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing. One of the things that I got from it is that they they really seem like they're they're not looking to shut down crypto. They're looking to protect people. And you got that impression when they they brought up their kids being involved in crypto. So it seems like they they kind of get it from that perspective, which I thought was good too. Yeah, just saying that they want to support uh, the the technology and support the things that the the next generation is enthusiastic about. It, it makes it interesting, and it's it's good that these people that um, Giancarlo and Clayton both have access to people who kind of have a better understanding of it than themselves. And it even seemed like a lot, a few of the senators anyway, had a decent grasp of what was going on in the crypto space. So it's not like it's a bunch of people making decisions who know nothing about it. Yeah, there there was uh, there were some senators that impressed me. There were some that 
disappointed me. I thought Elizabeth Warren's performance was very self-serving and not related to crypto at all, but that's typical Senator Warren. Uh, I thought Senator Kennedy did a great job. He really like brought it when he asked uh, the guys if they had bought any, uh, you know, when the last time they bought a security was and if they read the prospectus. I don't know if you caught that, but it yeah, was... Yeah, yeah, I did. No, it's, it's interesting because the, the same argument is made about whether or not people read white papers and mm-hmm. it's, I, I assume it's a, a small, small minority of people who are actually going front to back on these. Yeah, and for for him to to really take my my opinion a little bit with it, which is that if we overregulate too much and like force a bunch of disclosure, it's it's not going to do anything, and it's just going to add a bunch of red tape that prevents the technology from moving forward. And I think that. Uh, if the governments regulate too quickly, that's what could happen. And I think that's what Andreas Antonopoulos did, said when the Canadian government uh, interviewed him about crypto and how, how regulation should per, should proceed from that. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. And they even talk about um, how they move too quickly with uh, the futures market on that too, where they gave they gave them access to that probably before they really should have just due to the fact that it's uh, crazily unstable right now. And they emphasize that by saying that Bitcoin's dropped 60% in the last like week or last month. So it's, you can tell that the, that it's still kind of growing and people don't, aren't really sure about what to do with the entire space. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that way, but overall, uh, I think it's positive. They uh, they sort of hinted that they're gonna they might come back with other regulators to uh, add legislation or ask for legislation if they need it. So we didn't see any additional legislation calls for legislation, which I think is the big takeaway that everything's sort of business as usual, and we got a clear idea of where the mandate of these two uh, institutions lie. Yeah, it's really important to to kind of have an idea of where they're gonna go. Uh, and just to know that the people that are in charge of it, um, while they're not and uh, enthusiastically saying to get involved, they are saying that they understand that there is potential for significant growth in the space. Yeah, definitely. So, what did you think about the the hold thing? Did 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 you know that that was the definition of hold, Rob? Because I personally just thought it was when people type hold too fast, they put the D before the L, and I, I had no idea it was an actual actual abbreviation. Yeah. So um, for those who missed it, when Christopher uh, Giancarlo mentioned that his thirty-year-old niece said that "hodl" stands for "hold on for dear life," um, I think he is misinformed. But <laughs> I, I believe it's really just from one person misspelling during a significant dip, and it just became an ongoing meme that somehow it survived years, years of, of crypto. So um, I could be wrong on that, but, <laughs> but I'm willing to bet that his, his niece and he is, is slightly incorrect on that because I've never heard anyone say that it's an acronym for anything. Yeah, me neither. So everybody who's out there watching, please let us know if Rob and I are off on this or if HODL actually is an acronym or abbreviation for something. But I think Giancarlo is wrong. And... Uh, I feel like somebody's going to compile a really great video of all like the hilarious things that they said about crypto, just one-off things that they said about how volatile it is and 
hodling and all sorts of great stuff that uh, you would expect with old people talking about crypto. Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how um, some some news outlets put it together and whether or not they you because you can really interpret it either way, especially with the, the some of the questions that the senators were asking about, like pump and dumps and oh, yeah. whether or not people actually in, like put the time into reading uh, prospectuses. And yeah, it's yeah, so we'll it can see. go either way, really. Yeah, true. Anyway, that's all we got for you. Uh, keep looking out for Bitcoin, guys. I don't see any more bullish action necessarily coming. I don't know if you're making any moves, Rob. Not making any moves, just hanging on. Icons popping. <laughs> Back, we're up uh, 45% today, so that's a slight recovery off of my 80% drop. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I'm still holding everything. I haven't sold anything or... Uh, I'm still waiting for my deposit to come in a coin or GDAX, so I'm probably going to make some moves as soon as that happens. But because GDAX is a piece of garbage, I still have like three more days to go. But this daily candle on today is is pretty pretty high. It's almost double the volume that we saw yesterday. So this uh, could either mean that we're in a, another bull trap and we have more action downwards, or we might see a reversal. But until we break more towards the upside, I am not... Uh, gonna make any predictions we are in a world that i uh, don't think i'm ever gonna make predictions accurately again remember when <laughs> i said 20k rob yeah no um i think you're you might be like one for 20 so far so you're getting you're, you're batting about five percent it's doing all right yeah hopefully that'll improve in the future but thank you yeah guys you for... called that you called that bull trap though that's it was impressive thanks hopefully yeah. that continues but anyway thank you guys very much for watching please like subscribe let us know what you think of the video and oh man the lights just went off in my room <laughs> share share on reddit share on facebook uh that's it for today guys thanks for watching guys see you next time